You got the clans. Enoch. Let's go. Yo, yo, uh. Take me back to my reversion. Unite the clans. I give thanks to each person. It's that same holy water that we immerse in. It's that same tradition that we all each verse in. United we stand and divided they win. They ignited in their plans and divided they sin. If you think about it and see us all for the same lands, their biggest fear is that we all remain friends. I got love for Team Marsh and y'all podcast. I got love for Michael Matt fans. Ryan Grant, Rick, Barrett, T. Flanders, Eric Sammons. Shout out to my boy, John Erickson. Avoid Babylon. I got love for Anthony and Rob Speak On. If you try, you're persecuted the same for the weak heart. Our rules go way back before the genesis of Greek art, sweetheart. Man, that thumbnail tonight, Rob. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the more tame version, too. That was the tame one. You want to know what's funny? I, so, like, every once in a while, I'll watch, like, um, Jeremy from The Quartering. And every single video, he starts to say, hey, what's going on, everybody? Hey, what's going on, everybody? So, like, I, I don't want to have that that crutch. Like, I want to. So, I try to, like, switch it up every time we go on. <laughs> I'm so stupid. I'm such an uh, ass. You, so I always try. I always try to think of something like unique to throw in at the beginning of the show. You you want to know what's bananas is we because we do this show once a week. It's like yeah. we this topic is a week old, and yeah. you like you made the thumbnail. We got the thing all set up like on Monday, and then today Francis comes down and drops the bomb that the mission of the church is now apparently to. Uh, get rid of sodomy laws. Yeah. yeah, like this is the new mission of the church. I guess the council really proselytize <laughs> and spread the gospel. No, 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 that's no. not allowed. No, but what we what we shall be doing from henceforth is disbanding all these sodomy laws throughout the world. The funniest <laughs> part about that is the article. It, it it's talking about like sodomy laws in America. And they're like, they use these laws to justify hatred. It's so absurd. And then uh, what else was I seeing? Hold on. I'm going to try and pull up. Uh, what, so what I want to know is ever since, you know, Vatican II, you know, the church has all been rah, rah, you know, American style democracy. You get to choose your own leaders and laws and yay. And now it's like, oh, no, you can't choose those leaders. You can't choose those laws. It seems to be like a complete. You know, disconnect. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Well, there's going. They want to have like a unified law throughout the whole globe. I guess that's what they're going for. Yeah. So uh, Christopher Lamb says this today on the Pope's remarks to the AP on the decriminalization of homosexuality. It's significant when Francis says that being gay is part of the human condition. In the interview, Francis imagined a dialogue. One person says homosexuality is a sin, and the Pope replies there's a difference between sin and a crime, and it's also a sin when people lack charity. In other words, stop singling out gay people. His remarks on homosexuality being part of the human condition could open the door for a revision on the language of the catechism, which states that a homosexual inclination is objectively disordered. Some have argued that this should be changed to differently ordered. So this is now... So another, All right, so look, we all know... What they don't, uh, they understand it, but most people aren't going to understand that differently ordered and disordered are the same thing. Like differently ordered to what? The natural order? That is disordered. Just people think. I don't think they are the same. I think, because, a, I think it's a softening. Like disordered well, sounds proper. 
it's it is it's a softening of language but people don't realize that it is still it still means the same thing because there's only one order and that's the natural order that's natural law yeah, terry, terry says differently like would you say somebody's differently abled no because they're not differently abled they're disabled they're when somebody's disabled, disabled they're they're lacking in ability you can't say mm-hmm. differently able because saying differently ordered would mean they have like a new order for thing. And it doesn't mean disordered from the natural order. So like th- this whole thing with language that they're, they're playing around with, it's it, like, it's the, the like, uh, not admissible. Inadmissible. Right. Inadmissible, yeah. I mean that, that, that conversation on uh death penalty is just getting boring at this point, I guess. But the uh, so the the should we even go through the articles the Pope said? Want to go through? We it? can, but yeah. Uh, first, though, make sure oh. everyone likes the video. We got thirty people <laughs> watching now, so like the video, subscribe if you haven't. Uh, I would assume most of you have, but if you're watching later, subscribe. Um, check us out on audio podcasts if you'd like to listen instead of watch. Um, and then, even though this episode tonight is going to be about more. No, it's not going to be quite our normal, silly, stupid topics. It's going to be, you know, more serious stuff. I would just say whatever we talk about tonight, just don't take the black pill. Like, we can still have fun, still be joyful, still laugh, well, that's, even if uh, that's a everything's great, burning down really, around us. That's a great point. Like, okay, yeah. So so what Rob and I are thinking is Wednesday is going to be a little more serious. We're going to talk about, like, what's going on. <laughs> But we're still going to be us, right? Avoiding Babylon is differently evil. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> All right. This is this is working. <laughs> so we're going to, like, so Wednesdays will be serious topics with two unserious people talking about them. So I don't see how it's, like, I think every episode is a pretty much off the rails episode. But we're going to try and stay on track tonight. And we have topics we're going to discuss where tomorrow... If you guys had any idea, Rob and I have this, a shared note. So on, on iPhones, you can share notes with each other. So there's a section for Anthony's topics and a section for Rob's topics. And I try to wait, y'all want to talk about a current topic? I came here for discussion on old news. (laughs) So the, um, the, the two, if you, first of it's things that just come to my mind throughout the day that I'm like, oh, this will be a good conversation starter. So, and I build this up over a week. Now, Rob has his section. I have mine. Today, I just throw in. Like, so we have two very different ideas of conversation. So right? different. <laughs> but they're both they're both ridiculous. It's not like yours are less ridiculous. So my, my phone will notify me every time Anthony updates something. I, yeah, Usually, I don't check, right? But today, I, I got it vibrates. I open it up and I look at the newest one he put on there and I just had a screenshot and be like, Anthony, what the heck is this? It says pee bags. <laughs> so, <laughs> so listen, we're going off the rails already, guys. I'm sorry. So at work, we get we have uh, the other day some like we're working construction in the street. Right. So the other day, one of one of my guys got in trouble for going to the bathroom in the road, like in the street, like he just opens his door and he's you know, going to the bathroom in the street. So I had my I office. I thought that was order. just like usual fare in New York. Well, you would think, no, if you're homeless, you're allowed to do it. But if you actually work and like provide your family with a living, no, then you get in trouble for it. So uh, it was really just, it wasn't like a cop arrested him or anything. The, the homeowner, it was in front of somebody's house and they called our office and they flipped out. So I had my office order these things called brief relief. 
and they're just bags, right? That you yeah. relieve yourself, but they have this, this, these packets of gel. It looks like powder, right? So like you, it's powder and you dump it in there. And then when you go to the, when you relieve yourself, okay. it, it turns it into gel. Okay. So today I didn't, in the old ones we used to get, it would just already have this powder in the bottom of the bag. Now these new ones that it comes in a packet and you have to open it up and dump it in. I, I take the packet out. I open it up and I dumped it in my friend's coffee and his whole coffee turns to gel. <laughs> <laughs> so he just, before you tried to sneak a drink? He couldn't even get it out of the cup. <laughs> he wouldn't even come out of the cup. He's going, what the hell happened? So I didn't I didn't want to like write that out in detail. So I just wrote pee bags in the notes. And when Rob gets the alert and he's like, Andy, what what is going like come on, man? Like I know it's off the rails, but like like seriously, what do we do? I said, don't worry, it's a surprise for when we get on air. Don't worry about it. This is a dinner time discussion. <laughs> it's okay. If this is your first time, angry, but if this is your first time checking out Avoiding Babylon, please hit like and subscribe. We're hoping to get some new viewers. If this is your first time, I'm sorry, guys. I apologize. I'm Look, sorry. we do go, we do stray from the typical Catholic show. We're gonna give you that heads up now. But originally we we first of the um any uh, got, murder cases tonight? <laughs> well, no, but tomorrow night I got some crazy stuff in store. So um, but tonight let's let's try to stick to should we do the, the, the Francis bombshell that he dropped today? Because I, th- I think that was kind of a big deal, right? I say we do that. Then we talk about um, the, what the thumbnail is, the whole, uh, you know, traditional custodis 2.0 and communion of the hand. And then um, what time is Angela coming on? Okay, so that's the other thing. So at 745 Eastern, which would be... I'm sorry, 845 Eastern, which would be 745 Central. Angela is going to come on because we wanted to ask Angela about her experience at the uh, Minnesota, um, what was it, the state something? What? Uh, the state Minnesota, Capitol? Yeah, she was at the state Capitol uh, kind of like prayerfully protesting a bill that was being passed. Yeah, Minnesota's, um, Minnesota just. The most radical abortion bills in the entire country. Worse than New York. Yeah. From what I hear, right? It's like it's worse than New York. And New York has it like right up the birth. So we wanted to get Angela on because she was actually at the the the, the state house giving. Was she giving testimony? I mean, she was up on the stand, yeah. right? Yeah, she was yeah, testifying. So yeah. I want I want to hear her experience there, and I want to I want to get into that. So th- th- we thought that would be good for the Wednesday show. So yeah. and then um, we have one surprise. We made a phone number. That you guys can call and leave a voicemail. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I've wanted to do this for a while. So Rob and I set up a phone number for you guys to leave voicemails. Okay. Now you guys can say anything you want on the voicemail. If they're funny, we're gonna play it on air. If they're uh you guys could like throw topics at us that you want like if you want us to discuss something, you could leave that on. Now, if they're funny, they're gonna get played on air. Like if you guys make me laugh. That's like the challenge. Like, try to make Anthony laugh. If you make me laugh, I'm playing your your phone call. Um, but also, if like you enjoyed something on the show, if something made you laugh in particular, um, and even if we don't play your voicemail on air, because if we wind up getting thirty of these, we're not going to spend the whole show. But a lot of people go through like su- uh, super chats, right? 
And it's like, I don't, we don't do super chats, so I'm not going to read people's super chats, but if you guys want to leave us something and we'll just, if you want to be part of the show, we'll leave your voice on the show and you guys will have, you know, if you can make us laugh, that's (laughs) all of our regulars will, will know this. I'm sure. But anyone new, it does have to be clean for us to play it. Um, someone wants to leave us, you know, a profanity laden hate message. That might be funny, but probably not play it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a there's an art to dancing around things that I learned the hard way. We got a we got a little blemish on our first time around, right? But like tomorrow I want to tell the story about working in Flushing today because I had one of the craziest experiences I've ever had working in Flushing Queens. And if you don't know Flushing Queens, um there's a lot of massage parlors in Flushing Queens, right? Like I'm not, we're going to talk about a very particular group of people that I had to deal with. And As I will John think- calls them Kung Fu Mormons. <laughs> I mean, Kung Fu Mormons. Now you guys are going to see me try to navigate how to avoid a strike. And that's going to be part of tomorrow night's episode. It's going to be pretty Remember fun. how that all went with the Amish guys? Well, we didn't start saying Amish. That's the thing, right? We said the thing. And then I was like, oh, let's back off and let's change it. I mean, we were also talking about um, actual they, Amish right? and how they smell. Well, we were talking about Kanye, so it's like right Not off true. the bat, people were looking for something for us to say. So it's like, um, you know, we'll see. So, all right, you guys will watch us attempt to navigate those waters tomorrow. But for right now, Rob, why don't you pull that? Do you have the article? Or do you mean to send it to you? Um, send it to me. Uh, but I'm gonna send for it. now, everyone, this is the uh, the phone. I just put the phone number for that voicemail in the chat. So I'll, I'll share it some other place at the end of the show too. But. Um, right, so, to know if we're going to talk about a certain shout out. Are we going to talk about a certain shout out? <laughs> I don't, are we not going to talk about Rob's shout out on Taylor Mo? Rob's shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, I love Kennedy. Like, Kennedy is my boy, man. Like, I will go to the mattresses for that guy. He is. He's my boy, dude. I don't care what anybody. I don't care what happens in the world. I don't care who gets mad at him. I don't care what he says. I don't care if he. I, says I was gonna say the thing with a friend like Kennedy is you know he's gonna say something that's gonna start something that you're gonna have to get him like. I'm and kind of like I'm, a friend with you. Yes, I'm. <laughs> I'm ready to go to war for Kennedy. The, this guy <laughs> says my name on Taylor's show, and he had a little smirk on his face. If you notice when he said it, like he was just like. I'm going to shout Anthony Abate out right now. And he's going to lose his mind that I said his name on Taylor Marshall. I, he I was exactly right because you lost your mind. I lost my mind. But I would have way preferred if he said Anthony from Avoiding Babylon. I mean, I appreciate Every time he's Anthony. called you out on any show he's on, it's always Anthony Abate. It's, it's Nowhere always Anthony Abate. He never. Never says from Avoiding Babylon. So, In, so every, with Kennedy, every you know that's purposeful. <laughs> you know he's doing it to drive you crazy in that other way too he's actually doing it to drive me nuts probably right he's yeah. a true friend right <laughs> he's the worst I'm going to yell at him for that I actually think I said something to him once I go Kennedy I love you man thank you so much for the shout out you think maybe you can mention the channel next time though <laughs> oh man he's the worst um, we're oh dude the other thing before we, we haven't We've been on for 10 minutes. We haven't said a word about the topic. 15 minutes. I know. The other other thing is we're going to the Canceled Priest Summit in June. June. 
June 22nd. If anybody wants to make the trek out to Chicago, we're going out. Uh, Rob's going, Joe Boca's going, I'm going, Kennedy's going, Tim Flanders going, Trevor from Trident Team Brewing is going, Connor is going. Mm-hmm. This, uh, there's going to be a lot of people going to this. We're going to be doing a roundtable live stream from Trident Team Brewery. So Trevor has a big table. He said we're going to do kind of like a, like, you know, the Daily Wire does their thing where everybody comes in and he wants to do something like that. I don't know if we're just going to broadcast to our channel or if we're going to do a multi-stream. Hopefully everybody there will let us do it on our channel because we need the, we need, we need the growth the most. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Good talk. All right. Uh, (laughs) Of all the people people likely to figure out how to do it, it's going to be me, right? So Don's asking if this is going to be the 2023 road trip instead of the Padre Pio shrine. I don't know. It might be. But if we can get Jason and Mark to come. Where's the Padre Pio shrine? It's in Pennsylvania. Which I, I, feel like I was going to... For for you, Pennsylvania is what? An eight to ten hour? It's a four hour drive, but I was going to say... Well, I was going to pay for your plane ticket to get you out there. Well, like, like for me, Chicago is only like ten hours. Whereas for you, you have to fly. You're not driving to Chicago, I would bet. I'm flying to Chicago, yeah. It's not a bad flight, though. I My wife went to school in Chicago before we were married. And I used to fly to O'Hare like twice a month. It's a, it's a quick flight. It's like an hour and 20 minute flight. I think I, yeah. I used to get round trips for like a, you know, buck 50 each way, you know, 200. See, you're lucky because, you know, from your airport, you can fly almost anywhere in the world directly. I have to go to a connection. To, I can fly to Chicago directly, but to like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, or, you know, Philadelphia, I, it would be a connection. Not just that. If I could catch Southwest leaving from MacArthur Airport, MacArthur Airport is 10 minutes from my house. It's a Long Island airport. They don't even have like a security check. It's like you could walk there. You could walk in like 15 minutes before your but flight. And it's Southwest. Flight. At this point, they're kind of hoping a plane goes down to get the insurance. Yeah, I, I, I don't care, though. I, I, I keep my fingers crossed and we go. I pray the rosary on the way. We'll be <laughs> Got your scapular on. You're good. I'll tell you right now, the worst airline it's not Southwest. It's Spirit. Spirit or Spirit Sky, Airlines? No, Sky Blue's okay. Spirit's the bad one. I never flew Sky Blue. Spirit Airlines is abysmal. I think I did it once because it was like the cheapest thing, and I, I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. And I remember praying the like the Hail Mary the entire way. Spirit is worse. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's get into this article. I sent I texted it to you, Rob, because from my iPad I can't send it to uh, WhatsApp. Texting so to just, me. Okay, yeah, so on. just send it send it into WhatsApp. Guys, I'll we're going to get we're going to get to the topic in the thumbnail, but I, I figured we would do this story real quick and we'll chop that up as a clip and then we'll try and get to um communion in the hand before Angela gets on. If not, Angela will just do it with us. She doesn't care. I mean, Ange, whenever you want to come on, you can come on. Okay, send it to WhatsApp. Let me pull it up here real quick. See, like if if I didn't have Rob, this show would have just <laughs> I would have never promoted anything. I would have never said anything. I would, I would you guys, I don't you guys gonna know that for the last six months, Anthony's been dropping hints about the voicemail thing. And today I was just like, <laughs> oh, fine, I'll just I'll do it. I think it's such a great idea, man. Like I think like because some people don't want to come on screen, but they'll leave a voicemail, you know? And I think on, on the way you set it up, like, I think they could leave a voicemail and then hear it. And if they don't like it, they could delete it and leave a new one. Like you guys will be able to, you know, do a few test runs before you actually f- finally send it. 
Knowing not, Mac, he'll probably have 10 in there by the time we get off the show. Oh, I hope so, dude. Honestly, before the show's over, we're going to test to see if we can do live calls with it. So, yeah, because the, we might be able to do that. Okay. Does anybody, does anybody want to try and be the live caller tonight and see if it works? I mean, worst case, I could maybe have hope to it. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. So, okay, so here we go. Okay, Vatican City. Want me to read? Yeah, you read. You, you want to read? read? As long as it's not in Dewey Rames, I could read it, but you go ahead. Uh, how, how much do we want to read? It? Funny. What do we want you guys kill me. <laughs> uh, Pope Francis has shed light on the Catholic Church's handling of sex abuse. Uh, hold on. Let's get to the good stuff. Yeah, they buried the lead. I think it's funny that they put put sex abuse and homosexuality together. You <laughs> think they want to keep the, those two far, far apart? Uh, 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 yeah. Wait, what happened here? What? Someone's <laughs> calling right now. <laughs> who who has the number? I don't know. It was an eight one five number. I'm letting it go to voicemail. Hope says I will not be volunteered for things. <laughs> Let's send Darren the note. Darren, you call. Oh, because we put the number up, Rob. That's why. I know. They all have the number. You should have answered it. I'm sorry. Whoever, whoever you know, calls. You might want to be leaving. This is the wrong article, Anthony Abadi. No, is it? Yes. Oh, Here, no, I got what? the other one. You said oh, it to me <laughs> Oh man! Okay, I'm the worst sidekick ever. <laughs> At least you admit you're the sidekick. Okay, here we I'm go. the worst sidekick oh. of all time. <laughs> Pope Francis criticized laws that criminalize homosexuality is unjust, saying God's love God loves all His children just as they are, and called on Catholic bishops who support the laws to welcome LGBT people into the church. I wish I knew like how much of this like did he actually say God loves all His children just as they are because. Yes, that's true, but that doesn't mean he's not going to damn you for things. Like, um, but okay, so being homosexual isn't a crime. I mean, against what law? What you know, divine law, natural law, human law? Yeah, what a, what a subjective statement. Yeah. It, uh, what do you mean it's not a crime? No. Some places it is a crime. That's the point, right, Francis? <laughs> like that's that's a that's a really weird statement he made there that being homosexual is not a crime. Um, no, in some places it is. And <clears throat> now it's what, what he, what I've heard said that he might, I mean, this is, this is like the Francis game, right? What, what he said versus what he might mean. He'll never clarify for you, but if he's saying, uh, okay, the phone calls are getting there. That, that was number four. Just pick one up and let's see if it works. Okay. Just pick okay, the next pick person who calls. I'm going to pick it up. Yeah, so um, somebody call. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> when, he, when he says being homosexual isn't a crime, if he's talking about, okay, here, here's a phone call. Hold on. Here we go. Let's see if it works. I, I gotta share. I gotta share this. So give me a second. Oh, look, this is great. Um, We're doing this live. We have. We never tested this. There was no pilot program. We're just. Yeah, this is terrible. Uh, let's see. Right. Hello. Call from Darren. Darren. 
Oh, yeah. Hey, Darren, can you hear me? Oh, it said call ended. Darren called and hung up. Is that what happened? Pope Francis made so. a subjective statement. He would never do that. So the thing is now, um, this is going to be, I can't believe like we're, we're, we got like the, we got, we got a, we got a breaking story today. Like I don't, I didn't see nine different shows with this topic today. And usually when Francis yeah. says something, you see everyone does it, right? So, but we actually had a show pro uh, planned for tonight, so we get to pop in now. So I could kind of get an idea of where I think this is going okay. to go. You're going to have the one. Hold on, another phone call coming in. Okay, let's see. Who's this? I hate that I have to share audio this way. Let's see. Hello? Call from? Darren. Darren, can you hear me? Press one. Just send a yeah, voicemail. <laughs> this is so good. Hey, <laughs> Who is this? Oh, is this is great. We have live callers. This is like an old school. It's like Rush I just, Limbaugh. I feel like, there, I feel like there's a delay, definitely from the show. Can you hear me? Yeah, though, Darren? Never, never. yeah I can hear you. Okay, but so there's definitely a delay. Ways, right, Anthony? You can hear me, Anthony? Yeah, but the, but Darren's saying there's a delay. It's not going to work. Live calls aren't going to work. Well, we can we can just go slow. All right, how about this, Darren? Don't say anything. I'm going to stop talking, Darren. When you hear me, stop talking. Yeah, Let's so, so it's delay. like it's like almost like a uh, twenty second delay from wow, what's showing up on live YouTube delay. and what what's calling on the phone, which is weird. Who cares there about is YouTube, a delay Darren? through the streaming service? Yeah, forget YouTube, Darren. Uh, but how how do we do that with like the uh, with trivia? Then we're not going to do this with trivia. Oh, okay. Well, but like even still, like if there's a delay, like how I don't know, like the whole live chat thing, then it's just weird. So we're so everybody in the live chat is actually like chatting and answering like twenty seconds later. Yes, that's why you always have to wait for the chat to answer before you yeah. guys get to answer. So, like, th with this, we could do on-air, over-the-phone interviews, say if someone doesn't have the ability to do uh, video, um, mm -hmm. or we could have someone call in and comment on things. It's just like, like with even with real radio, you got to turn the radio off when you're on the phone with the radio, because there's a three, four-second delay there, too. All right, so here's what I want to do. Darren, okay. can you hear well, me? I know nothing about broadcasting. Yeah, either do we, clearly. <laughs> Can Darren hear me? Darren, can you hear Anthony? No, Darren can't hear you, Anthony. Oh, he can only hear you. I can't hear Anthony at all. Right, it's connected to my to my oh, mic. Oh, this isn't going to work. Oh, no way. I kind of prefer work. it that way, actually. Can we keep that up? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. No, he gets insulted. Like I can't insult him back. I don't like this. Yeah. Yeah, Anthony says you can insult him, but he can't insult you back directly anyways. He could do it on air, but... <laughs> All right, so you can hear each other live, but he can't even hear yep. me. This doesn't work. There might, there might be another way to do this because I can might be able to change the audio inputs. All right, but we're doing that later. So let's, let's get back to the show. Hang on, Darren. Thank you for calling, Darren. Thank you, Darren. Good call. Yep, no problem. You're supposed to end the show. Guys, just so you know, when you get off a phone call on a radio show, you're supposed to say, what, what is this saying? You're supposed to go, uh, first time, long time? Like, first time call, a long time listener. <laughs> He's supposed to say first time, long time. That's how you sign out on a, on a radio show. And then on this first show, we go, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So, that look, we were experimenting live on air with you guys. I don't know what to tell you. This is, this is, 
off the rails. I don't know. So, all right. Yeah. What I was going to say is you're going to see the, the dynamic go down where you're going to have um, the guys who tend to agree more with us are going to point out that the things that Rob and I are calling out, right? Like that Francis is saying that this is not a crime, but it is a crime. And that's the point, right? And he's trying to make now, it not a crime. And plus now what, I was, what I was saying is if Francis mean when he says being homosexual, he might mean just having that disordered attraction, you know, being, you know, well, that's not, that's not even a crime that, in the church. Right. It's not even a sin. Th- right. That in of itself. Right. So if he means that, then he's correct. And he very well might, but, and, and I mentioned this earlier in a message to, in a chat earlier today, if, I mean, at this point, we all know he says things that can be taken both ways and in almost anything can, but with most people, they will later clarify if they see that their, their meaning was not understood by a large segment of the population. So if he means that, and he, if he would then see, you know, the liberal media taking it the way they're going to take it, which is that, you know, homosexual acts aren't sins or crime, then you would think he, if he meant something else that he would clarify. And if he doesn't, then to me personally, that shows that either. He did. Okay. So this is what I was going to say. So if we go on the article, what what you're going to see is Francis actually says the Catholic church must work to decriminalize sodomy laws. Right. So like this is, the new mission of the church. But he later does say, uh, he reiterates the teaching of the catechism and says, you know, he distinguishes between um, criminal acts and sin. Now, and he says, uh, you know, he, I think he actually reiterates what the catechism says. But my point is that you're going to hear the guys on the other side, like you probably he'll often come on and say, well, and he's going to just point out that Francis read the catechism. But if you really look at it, what Christopher Lamb is saying here is on the Pope's remarks on the decriminalization of homosexuality, it's, it's significant when Francis says that being gay is part of the human condition. In the interview, Francis imagined a dialogue. One person says homosexuality is a sin, and the Pope replies, there's a difference between sin and a crime, and it's also a sin when people like charity. And he's he's equating a sin that cries out to heaven to somebody being a little mean. You know, that's 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 mm-hmm. there's a there's a false uh, a false equivalent. A false equivalency that he makes on a lot of these things is more of a seamless garment type thing is what I see. So it says here that he declares such laws unjust saying that the Catholic church can and should work to put an end to them. It must do this. And must do. what I don't understand is, is he either really believes that they're unjust or he doesn't understand what, justice is or he's just using the word colloquially right because like they are by their very definition just right Be- justice is being given what you are due so really any any sin any um any breaking of divine or natural law is due some sort of punishment so any punishment for that is is just it's it's the definition of justice so when he calls them unjust, I, either he doesn't understand yeah, what it is, or that's he, a twisting of, or he of language again. Disagrees with church teaching. 
Well, the, the other thing is, so Brandon says, so Samantha says, is there a difference? Is there a difference in crime and sin? Of course there is a difference in crime mm-hmm. and sin. But the, the thing is, so uh, when Matt Walsh was on with Rogan, they had this discussion, right? And Rogan said, well, should you make uh, sodomy a, a, a crime again? And Walsh danced around it a lot. And the thing is, um, you, Gordon, when he came on that day, like he floored me with his knowledge on yeah. the subject. And he, and he was like, look, it's, it's, you're, you're talking about using an organ that is not supposed to be for that act as that act. Now, now, sh- so we're at a point in America where you could never go and make the, like reinforce those sodomy laws. I don't believe. I don't think you could well, in this country. And like what, what Samantha saying here about Aquinas saying we can't legislate all morality. It wasn't because Aquinas believed it would be unjust to do so. He believed it would be imprudent yeah. to do so. And in it his very time, different from what Francis is saying. In his time, criminalizing legally prostitution would have been more of a harm to the common good than a than a good to the common good. Um so one could make that case now potentially about sodomy. And I don't know if, I don't know if I would agree with that, but that would at least be a defensible stance, but saying that such a thing would be unjust is just not true. Yeah. That's actually, that's actually a twisting. So look, we heard somebody, uh, I think it was Robert Mickens wrote an article the other day and he said, Francis is returning to the basics of Christian teaching and not getting caught up in the, the depth of the, the theological discussions or something He's along those returning lines. Returning to the basics of the chosen maybe, but I wouldn't say of Christian teaching. Now, well, that's what I was going to say. So, um, the what 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 he's actually Father Lovell just texted me. Uh, what he was at, what he's not, but what what Robert Mickens is getting wrong there is that Francis is not. He's not just getting back to the basics of morals of uh, Christian teaching. He's upending some basic moral teachings of Christianity that have been there for two thousand mm-hmm. years. I mean, that's that's very different from just getting to the basics of like saying getting to the basics would be more like getting to mere Christianity of C.S. Lewis. That would be getting to the basics of Christianity without getting caught up in these moral discuss uh, in these high theological discussions. That would be getting back to, you know, the basics. What they're actually doing at this point is trying to upend moral teaching has been settled for thousands of years. And I mean, at this point, isn't that a, a false? And things helped and we have learned more things since then. So why get back to that? I, 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 I don't understand it. Right. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, make judgments on why why certain things are being done the way they are but i it makes me very uncomfortable right i mean i mean i think everybody's very uncomfortable with this so it's like what 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 happens after francis do you think like do you think i'm not even talking like do you do you think that's do you think a benedict the 17th would be good for the church at this point You mean like a, when you when you specifically use that name, you I'm talking you mean another, another pope like Benedict. 
a Benedict-like pope. Do you think? Do, okay, so look, there's there's a couple of options, right? You could get Francis II, Benedict the Seventeenth, or John Paul the Third, or you could get a uh, uh, like a Pius the Thirteenth. What do you think would be? Let's take Pius the Thirteenth out. What do you think would be worse for the church, a Benedict the Seventeenth yeah, or a Francis? II? I don't see that happening. <clears throat> what do you think is worse? A Francis the Second or Benedict the Seventeenth? That's that's tough because I think obviously another Pope like Francis would have, you know, say someone who continues a sub- suppression of the TLM and and ch- up, tries to upend more teaching. I think immediate effects that's that's going to be worse right but what francis is doing it is he, he he's going to be the great the great clarifier in my opinion right he, he's showing everyone how bad things are and people are having to choose sides and it's it's having to choose between between the secular world or or true catholicism and in the long run that is good right um, even if even if it comes with persecution, like real persecution for us, long term, that is good. Like, I'm not going to say like radicalizing us, but reigniting um, our fire for the faith is a good thing long term. So, so this is a high inch. <laughs> for some reason, I can't hear you. Sorry. I need to figure out what's going on here. Okay, so we're going to keep talking. When you hear us, you'll you catch a second oh, to jump in. My speakers are... Okay, so there, Rob, what I what I think is that having a, I think having uh, this is a perfect segue into the communion in the hand, uh, traditionis 2.0 conversation, because it's almost like a, a new a Francis II. What it would do is, I really think the Catechism 675 comes into play here. I think a Benedict the Seventeenth would confuse people. It would make people think that the 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 council can be fixed in certain ways and i just think that we really need to have it really what does the catechism 675 say the church will follow in christ's path right do you have that rob can i can we pull that up let me just i can get that ccc uh yeah i'm pulling it up right now before christ's second coming the church mass must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers the persecution that accompanies her pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity and the form of a religious deception, offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the truth. The supreme religious deception is that of the Antichrist, a pseudo-messianism by which man glorifies himself in place of God and of his Messiah comes in the flesh. Okay, so what what is going on in that, and I'm not saying that's where we are, but that has to happen for the rebirth of the church. Like things are so messy now that aside from divine, from divine intervention, there is no fixing the human element of the church. There is no possible way. I don't even think a pious, the 13th could fix the situation in the church. I think Francis the second is what we need and allow this whole thing to collapse. Okay. So we all expected 
under Benedict. He was preparing us for this persecution. You heard Cardinal George in Chicago say, you know, my successor, I, I expect, will be in jail and his success, his successor will be martyred. You know, it was like the succession that we all thought. And we all thought this persecution was going to come from the world. We never expected it to come from within the church. And what you're actually seeing is what? You want to jump in? Oh, um, I was just uh, hope just pointed out that uh, we accidentally doxed Darren's phone number on the show, so I'm gonna have to go through and edit that part of this everyone, episode out. Nobody, nobody caught that until Rob just said it on air. So everyone oh, called Darren oh, and let him know oh, how much they me. enjoy him. <laughs> All right, so, so now, Darren, just I'm I sorry, I didn't even realize that. I will edit that whole part of the show out right after we're done airing this, so that other people don't see it. Okay, so this is my point right there, and the church must be crucified if for no other reason than to make room for the glory of Christ. So now I think that we're in a situation where this look, this the, the human element in the hierarchy and in the church is so bad that the whole thing needs to come crumbling down. So when when Benedict gives that speech back in the 60s, right, on the radio program, and he says, I see the church in the future being a smaller church, uh, not welcome in the places of, you know, it didn't, it's not going to have the, these places of privilege that it has now in society, and then it will be reborn from the saints, and the saints will rebuild the church. Everybody looked at that like this is a crazy prophecy. It's not some crazy prophecy. It's the catechism of the Catholic Church that we just read. It's CCC 675. It's the church has to go through this scenario where the, it has to actually walk through the passion that Christ did. It has to completely die and yeah. rise again, like a phoenix from the ashes, right? Like it needs to happen. And I think that a Benedict Seventeenth would just prolong this passion. I think a Francis II is going to get us into it. Like it's just going to get, let's, let's do it. Yeah. Like, let's just get it going. What do you think, Angela? I don't know how much you were able to hear. You said you're having audio issues. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, I, I mean, you. I just jumped in, but I feel like, I mean, I, I have to agree. That's just how God, that's how he works. Right. Like the thing that I just keep contemplating is and kind of talking about what, what, I came on to talk about, but the thing that really keeps coming back to me is the conversion of the human heart and that really being Christ's biggest miracle, right? Like he uses the paralytic to show healing of the soul, but, but when they question whether or not he has authority to do so, then he heals his body and tells him to pick up his mat and walk right as proof. And I just think he's going to do the same thing within the church, right? Like there's no doubt that the church, would, the bride of Christ would have to be crucified uh, with her spouse so that she can be born again, right? Because we are so broken. And and I think that there's a, there's an element that we're missing as trads. Like even what we're doing here is a little iffy and I'm a little worried about it because the, the reason I wanted to talk about communion in the hand and this new round of sanctions that may come down on traditionis was because so many of us, our instinct is to get on Twitter and complain and say bad things about Francis and say bad things about the hierarchy and talk about, you know, this and that. And I really think we're being given this opportunity here to suffer joyfully and oh, absolutely. really be made saints if we don't complain. Because if you complain, you yeah. lose your treasure in heaven. And it's like, it's really difficult to not, right? Especially, if, I mean, we don't put these stupid things down. Right. I mean, I go, I, I, I caught myself today. I ran in to buy an egg sandwich in the morning. I go in and I forgot my phone in the truck and I'm like waiting for my egg sandwich. I'm losing my mind because I didn't have my tracking device on me. Addicted. Yep. And I was worried that, yeah. 
like everybody talks about, I'm not going to put the thing in my head when Elon Musk comes out with it, you know? And I'm like, I'm already in it. Like if I can't, if I can't go and get an egg sandwich without having my, 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 my device with me, I'm already in the device and it's a little bit scary and all I'm doing, I mean, I, I try to make light of what I do on Twitter and I make a lot of jokes and stuff, but I'm still in, in the matrix, you know, there's no escaping it. And it's hard to oh, not yeah. complain. I have so much more peace when I'm not constantly checking. Like I have to make it a point to not look at times, especially right now. I think when there's a lot going on just so I can like joy is a gift of the Holy spirit. Right. And if you are constantly allowing yourself to be inundated with things that are going to suck the joy out of your life, you're not leaving room for the Holy spirit really to even settle right? Like you don't have to stay away all the time because we have to live in the world and not be of it. That's just a part of what we have to do, but we have to allow room for the Holy Spirit to operate. And that's why I think silence is so important, right? Like silence is, is where the Lord speaks to us the most. And too often we're not listening, you know, because we're not cultivating silence. I think we need to figure something out for Lent as a group, right? Maybe as a group we'll do, we'll make, we'll make some 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 plans maybe with the people that watch our show and stuff but so you now and you go to a, a you have like a unicorn mass right you're at a pretty reverent novus ordo that you attend and then you occasionally yeah. go to a latin mass yeah my priest would celebrate only the latin mass if uh if he were able to do that right now but he and, can't. and rob you're in a similar boat you have a pretty solid novus ordo parish that you go to because the nearest latin mass is hours drive away correct Um, like two hours away, right? I I wouldn't call our Novus Ordo a uh, a unicorn mass. Uh, hopefully, our priest will get it to that level. But yeah, the the low, the nearest TLM is two hours away, one way. So for you guys, here's what it sounds like is going to happen with this new document. It sounds like Francis's or Roach. It's probably Cardinal Roach is very upset that the bishops in the U.S. are not enforcing this document. So mm-hmm. it sounds like. There's going to be punishment for the bishops who are ignoring it. That so, would be uh, uh, my bishop has been ignoring Traditionis Custodes pretty much. As like, as has mine. Yeah. I'm my, my bishop, it has been the status quo. Like my bishop just hasn't said anything. He doesn't, yeah, he hasn't said, <laughs> he hasn't said, okay, you guys can continue. He hasn't said any. He's just like, I don't know. He's pretending it didn't happen. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> now, so what I'm thinking might happen in my diocese, because I do think my bishop is, there's only three parishes in my whole diocese that celebrate the TLM. And it's a, and it's like the third largest diocese in the country. Like uh, wow. my diocese, is, I'm not even going to say which diocese it is in case somebody catches wind of this, but um, it's like the third or fourth largest diocese in the country. It's, it's a lot of people in my diocese. And there's only two, two regular TLMs and one every other week TLM in my diocese. Now, I think our bishop won't take them away. I think he might have no choice but to move us to a basement or a school mm-hmm. school somewhere or something. But I don't think he'll take them away from us. And um, so I, it's hard for me to tell others what to do because I, I, I don't necessarily have as much skin in the game <laughs> as somebody who's going to lose their traditional mass. Uh, don't want to dox yourself. Uh, Darren, what was that phone number again? Let's give that Darren's phone number. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so it's kind of hard. It's like it's almost like um, I give uh, I give a certain um, a certain apologist that's on, uh, you know, on the Pope's planer side. I give him a little a little heat because he talks yeah. about 
the, the Novus Ordo and says good things about it. And he has no skin in the game because he goes to an Eastern liturgy. So now I also have an, a, a Byzantine, a Byzantine church that's close to me. So I could go East. Like I have many options. So yeah, we I have feel a Byzantine not too far away. Yeah. Have you ever been to it? I haven't, but I have friends. Actually, Rob, you know them now. Uh, now they kind of work up in your area, but um, oh, yep. they love it. They like the the husband is he's actually the, my son my son Elijah's godfather, and he loves it. Um, the Byzantine. But, yeah, he loves the Byzantine. Yeah. My brother Joey goes, and so does Joe Boca. They go like they bump into each other sometimes when they go, and they both love it. Now, I've never been, but I'm 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 a Westerner. Like I feel kind of. I kind of feel like uh, I don't belong in an Eastern liturgy, you know. Like right. I, I feel I feel at home in the West. Now, my wife it's had not to your cultural my, heritage. Yeah, it, it it's it, it would be like uh, t- taking me and putting me in an environment where I don't feel at home. We have a um, Maronite yeah. too, I think, don't we, Rob? Uh, a Maronite two blocks in, from the uh, Ukrainian FSSP. Uh, yeah, Byzantine. Yeah, which yeah, is they're all really close to the each other. from the FSSP. Yeah, Mike Michael Hodges is saying something in the chat. I don't. I'm not saying anybody's name. I'm. I'm just. I'm. Not, you know, Margo. that's not my point. Is my point <laughs> is that when you don't have skin in the game, it's a hard thing to say. So I almost don't want to tell people what to do. I don't know right. what you guys are going to do. What I'll say is my my son went to uh, a Nova Sordo on Sunday, and uh, he goes he goes, Dad, you know what's weird? He's like, it, it's like the 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 Nova Sordo feels like dated and old to me where the Latin mass feels new. Like it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, this is, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I said it's because ever ancient, ever new, like there's something yep. Yep. transcendent and timeless about the Latin mass that you are in a time capsule in the sixties with the Novus Ordo. It's this weird thing where it's just, they're still playing this Beatles type music or the Peter, Paul and Mary type music. That's just never, it's like, and how do you update it? What are you going to do? You're going to start putting hip hop. You want to start playing Enoch at mass? I mean, I love Enoch. But I think even, e- even Enoch would be offended. if Yeah. It's like, it's not appropriate for the liturgy, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, it's this weird thing. Now the, 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 the whole, the whole communion in the hand being mandated for as a universal norm, because what's going on is there's all these videos you see if somebody goes to kneel and they get denied communion and everybody's making a big deal of it in the media. Now, I think we have added to this by always promoting. I mean, I made a short of it on my channel today, right? Yeah. This kid going up, takes the communion with one hand irreverently and and walks away with it. Now, I think all of us highlighting these situations is making it that there's this pressure on on these Uh, priests that they're being told don't give it to somebody who's who's kneeling because it's it's creating this dichotomy in the church it's almost like we're exacerbating the problems by simply pointing them out but it's like how do you not have sunlight disinfect and to be completely honest what you what you posted today is not some rare thing I mean, I, right. I, I'm at the Novus Ordo almost every Sunday, and of, of say, the 60 parishioners at a day mass at our local Novus Ordo, um, Hope and I are the only ones, the only ones, two out of 60 that receive on the tongue. Everyone mm. else receives in the hand, and it is probably 30% people receive somewhat similar to like that kid did. I mean, not, not necessarily go up and grab, but it's not... Not even the way the you know the Novus Ordo describes it, which is by itself. 
so, forever, in so, my opinion. But I, I, mean, I wonder if people to- just aren't taught. Like I, I mean, I think you, you should just be receiving on the tongue. But I remember Cardinal Burke came to my parish within the last few years to celebrate Mass. And it was kind of like everybody, it was low-key, word of mouth, not everybody knew. But there was at least one person, he he really only distributes on, on the tongue, kneeling it on the tongue. I think there were a couple times where people got like confused a little bit. And of course, the Eucharist landed on the floor while the Cardinal is there, you know, celebrating Mass. And I, you could just see the chaos just right at the front of the church. It was like... I mean, the, the, the altar service did a pretty good job, but it's like, it's sad that you have to worry so about. If you are, so look, if, you, if you are somebody who goes to the Novus Ordo, if, if you were never taught this, you should be bowing, really bowing, not just tipping your head. You should really be bowing before you go up. You should be making an altar with your hands, right? With your left hand I on top. Even, I hate to then, even tell people. Yeah this because i really do think communion in the hand should i really think you should just not do communion in the hand how about that i i, I would yeah. say but what i would what i'm saying is with the with the norm if they're going to make that like that, that it's supposed to be you're making it like saint jerome said and you make an, your your hand as an altar but that's not what's going on you're seeing people grab it and put it in their mouth and this kid walks away with it and it's like or it, i saw i saw three, it, you know, have it in their hand pick it up Take their mask down, shove it in oh their mouth, put their mask on. Rob, my, I saw three hosts hit the ground in one mass. And that was the last Novus Ordo I went to. And I was like, done. Like, this was like, I, if I ever needed a confirmation from God, it was like, that was it. It's like yeah. to see three in one, and not just, not just see three hit the floor, seeing nobody even treat it like it was a big deal. It was like somebody just picked it up, put it in their mouth. Nobody checked to see if it broke or a piece of it fell off or nothing. The parish that I went to in college was a Newman Center. And I thought every Newman Center was like this. Not that they're all like great or anything, but mine was extraordinarily, extraordinarily liberal. I mean, we weren't allowed to kneel for for uh, the consecration. We weren't supposed to anyway. Some of us did anyway. Um, they had actual bread for communion. You cannot imagine what a mess that was. I mean, they there were there were um, professors. Are you going, valid? No, well, they say if it's unleavened That's bread, then it it can be valid. Um, but you have people receiving. Well, the east on their doesn't hands. use the east doesn't I, use. I don't know. I remember leaven, uses leaven bread. I remember going and talking to the priest there at the time, and of course, guess what? Sexual predator. That exact same priest, sexual predator, now in jail. Um, which I found out about like a couple of years after I graduated, but I was like, of course the whole thing is corrupt from the top down. Like it. And then, and like women were the administrator would give messages. Sometimes they had liturgical dancing on Easter. You cannot imagine like, yeah, I can't, it was so it's, it, horrible. And I fought now, with now, the people now, there. Let's say, let's say this, this document comes down and they mandate this. So, so just to clarify, the reason why a lot of people are thinking that the watering down of the Novus Ordo that is mentioned in this rumor um, is going to be communion in the hand becoming law is that um, at a recent mass where the newest um, the catechist, uh, the catechist so Francis, and lay ministers the were 
Yeah, the no, lector and Kansas. We just got these new. We just got these new offices that Francis is. It's almost like this new ordination that Francis is creating, where the office of lectern and and catechist. So these mm. are in the Vatican, and they were told, "You are not allowed to receive kneeling and on the tongue. You have to receive in the hand." But that's so, isn't that like illegally like canon law? Like yes. Is, that's like, but that, yeah. That's why they're thinking this is what's going to be changed. Because so there's this is a uh, rumor, that, right? This is a this is a rumor. How this can is they no, do that? No, how can they do that? Considering that the history of the church that has been how what does that mean for every saint who received holy communion, kneeling and on the tongue for the last several centuries? So they're not saying it's sinful to receive kneeling and on the tongue. What they want is a universe. Look, just like Francis is saying. That the what, what, uh, the the Novus Ordo is the is the universal the only the, the what does he say the the expression the uh, the unique expression of the Roman right they want a unique expression of the Roman right with, the, a, unique, with yeah. a universal norm for receiving communion and they don't want this disparity between because because look I'll tell you right now when I have gone to a Novus Ordo and I kneel and receive on the tongue people will look at you like you're trying to. Yeah, on, be, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be like, oh, look how my, holy I am. My parishes have been like that in the past too. Like when I started veiling, for example, and then yeah, exactly. I started veiling, and then I started kneeling, receiving on, you know, receiving kneeling and on the tongue. And I was like the only person in my entire parish. It was a pretty big parish. So now, and yeah. the thing is, like they're that, looking that at you I like moved. you're putting on airs, but in reality, how much courage did it take for you to do that? It was so hard. Yeah, I was like, I hate like. I know that I'm an extrovert or like can be, but I really don't like. You're gonna be the center of attention at a no, especially mass like not that. at mass. Like that's not. I don't they, like that. So, so they really all. do have this, this, uh, this. I they have a caricature of people who do that, and in their minds, they think you're going up to oh, look how holy I am. And I'm telling right. you, listen, my no. my my kids will go like the the couple times we've gone they go behind me because they know i'm going to try and receive on the tongue and they don't want to go in front of me because if they go to they don't want to be the one that gets made the fool of you know right. where if they if i get denied my kids will just walk off the line and follow you know it's like but they don't want to be the one that that gets denied you know and i mean you'd have to be a special like a special kind of cruel as a priest to do that to a child, to like embarrass a child like that. If their parents are telling them this is what they should do. I, <clears throat> like I, that, that I know a family cool. whose eight-year-old was denied communion. You, like, just think about the level of cruelty you have to have to embarrass an eight-year-old who their parents are telling them this is how you do it, to, to single that kid out to prove a point. Because that's what you're doing. You're trying to prove a point, right? Yeah. So, so the, the parish yep. that I was going to, like, I'd have to, I'd have to pay attention which priest is where, and if I went to the wrong priest, the, wrong, the one priest would deny you, and the other priest. So the, the it's like the the, the Novus Ordo parish I was going to. It's it's very orthodox in teaching. I'm talking like I've heard sermons on on pornography. I've heard more yeah. orthodox sermons than I have at the traditional mass. I Th that's so funny because that was how my last parish was too. It was. Yes, in terms of what was discussed during the homily was extremely orthodox and, you know, and very formative. That's actually what brought my husband into the church was he appreciated how clear, direct and just 
like involved in, in civil discussion, the homilies were. Um, he didn't like our priest didn't shy away from talking about pornography or abortion or gay marriage and all these other things. And my husband thought, wow, that's the this is like the most masculine thing I've I've seen come from the Yeah, pulpit. imagine going going to a going to a parish of Father Mike Schmitz as your pastor. It's like, I mean, come on, you're not hearing a better sermon than him. I listen to Father Mike on my way to the traditional mass with my kids in the car because I want my kids to learn the faith. And Father Mike is amazing. He's one of the best homilists I've ever heard, right? So he's also from Minnesota. I just feel like I have to point out that everyone that's awesome <laughs> he's is from, from Duluth, Minnesota. Right? <laughs> he actually is the the chaplain of uh, Minnesota Duluth, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to get him on, man. Uh, University of Minnesota Duluth, yep. My my two my two like famous Catholics I want on are I mean you guys all know Scott Hahn is my yeah. favorite, but Father Mike Schmitz too. Uh thing is conservative Protestants give sermons as yeah, well. They, no, yeah, Kennedy, that, for sure. That's course, not right? that's not the crux of the the mass, for sure. Yeah, that's like, not, that what, so that, not that's what my we're point. About. Like this is a this is an Orthodox parish in that regard. Technically part of the mass. It's one of the most atrocious liturgies I've ever been to in my life is where I was going with that. And it's the same parish where I saw three hosts hit the ground in one mass. So it's like the, the, it's even the Orthodox parishes, the liturgy is so, it's almost like people are so desensitized. They don't even know how I mean, I'm so sick of seeing the lay people going like this during the hour for other. Oh, it's the like, I'm like, why are you doing that? Down. I hate that. Like if ever we have to go to another parish, my husband and I, like, I feel like, and then we don't do the, the sign clapping, of peace. the clapping well, at the yeah. end. Of this, but we so. also don't do the sign of peace at our parish. Thank God. Thank you so much, father. <laughs> but like every time we I'm go so to so different... tempted to put him in timeout. I'm so tempted <laughs> no, to put him in timeout. Get that. out of here. <laughs> but don't. You can stay, but I I feel like my husband and I we always like cower into each other around the time like if we're at a different parish and everyone starts like trying oh. to say, "Oh, peace be with you." It's like we, we need. I'm not here to talk to we you. Kneel. Good for you guys. I should put do our that instead. Oh, that's a great you idea. You want to know what's funny? I got a funny funny little thing. So when I was when I first started going to the Latin Mass, I didn't know. The Domini non sum dignus ut intre subtect the meum, setanctum de verbo sanabitur anima mea. So I would say in English, I would say, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you, but only say the word. My, you know, I'm not worthy that I should yeah. not run under my root, but only say the word. My, and I would say it in English because I didn't know it in Latin. Now, if like if I went to like the last time I went to Nova Sordo, I'm going. They're saying they're saying it in English, and I say it three times in Latin. Like, when I'm at the Nova that's Sordo. funny. I, if, yeah, yeah I, I always I'm I like I couldn't speak to two Like every every time, yeah. I'm like oh, finally, I, you know, I'm, I just I'm like, like I'm yeah. like uh, what's his name uh, Tolkien yelling the responses uh, in Latin. If I, I was going to say I get I get kind of a perverse, possibly somewhat maybe sinful pleasure out of Pride. loudly saying <laughs> the Our Father in Latin. When everyone else is holding hands, everybody's holding hands and it's like, (laughs) look, the thing is, I do think there's going to be some things coming down the road. And I think we do have some more Francis to endure. And I think we're going to get a Francis the second. Like I really Mm. do. And I'm not upset about it because I will tell you right now, if it wasn't for Francis, I wouldn't be a traditional Catholic. Like I would have never found the traditional faith. I would still be I a have to agree. Catholic you know what? Idiot. I probably have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. look at the look at the momentum we have going into this. With look look at how many people's faith is invigorated because when persecution comes, so does you. That's where the saints are born. The blood right? of the so, martyrs. Yep. And yeah. It's yeah. Like, this is this is a time where guys. I know everybody's panicking. It's like let's stop complaining. Let's really gear up. Look, if you're forced, say, let's say your Latin mass is taken away and you can't, like, I know Kennedy's in there and he's going to tell you, just go SSPX. Not everybody has SSPX option. 
I'm going to say you go to look, you're only required to receive communion once once a year. A year. Yep. Once a year. Mm-hmm. Right. You're only yep. required once a year. And not only that, it may even build anticipation where if you do know there's a Latin mass four hours away. So maybe once every two months, you make the drive and go to a Latin mass somewhere. And it might be a four, maybe it's a full or, day ordeal. Or for you, and the, that's uh, the only- I mean, I'm if our local that. diocesan TLM is taken <laughs> away, um, I think the, uh, my plan would be to, to make the trip down to the, uh, the nearest Byzantine for Easter and receive, you know, in the Eastern right. Yeah. That's an Eastern option, and, right. Or, the, uh, or you find yeah. your nearest FSSP or you find whatever you have to do, you only have to receive once a year. So I would say, yeah. make it. And look, if you read, uh, Christus Vincit, um, Bishop Schneider's book, right. Mm. He talks about when he was a kid, his parents, they would have to take us, they would have to take a trip. It was an all day thing. They spent six hours to go to mass just to get there. And then six mm-hmm. hours. I mean, it was a 12 hour ordeal for his family to go to mass. And it was like, he learned to treasure the Eucharist. They would have, they would have weeks where they couldn't go. So they would stay home and do spiritual communions. Um, and well, just think would, about COVID. Can we talk about that? Like what yeah. that, I mean, they shut everything down. I mean, our all, churches all were, it was, and that, that too, it was like, how awful, how awful that they did you that. See, we were super see. blessed because we had a friend who was an extraordinary minister and he would come, <laughs> we would like celebrate or go through the mass at home and he would bring us Holy Communion in our entryway at the height of COVID when nothing was allowed. And, and I remember one time going to, and this is another reason why I heard, I saw somebody asking maybe why I'm not going to the the FSSP all the time in the chat. I think it was Marcus or wanting to know how far away the FSSP is for us. The FSSP is like 35 minutes. So it's really not that far. Um, but we have a, re- I mean, this is, yeah, maybe some people won't like this. Our parish community is awesome. And my priest loves the TLM. And for me, I I want to support that desire for him and encourage him to continue because he has made so many wonderful improvements and he celebrates the Latin mass every Saturday morning. And that, and on a, I think on Tuesday evenings, um, but he like during the height of COVID, I went to him for reconciliation and then he, he gave me communion afterwards after I said my penance and mm-hmm. who else was doing that? How many of these priests completely let their flock go? And I was able to go to him face to face or not face to face. We're in, in the, in the confessional, we're in the box, but and then for my priest to to offer me Holy Communion because he knew we weren't receiving Holy Communion because of all the how lockdowns. Many, how many weeks before that happened? What do you mean? Like how many weeks did you miss Mass? Where you didn't oh, receive, right? I don't know. So like I think everybody, yeah, I don't even know. my even my local SSS, SSPX didn't give Communion for the first. I think it was like three weeks, and then they were like, you know what? No, we're, we're not continuing. So we were doing. At first, yeah, I mean, there were there were some workarounds for some time. I mean, we would all watch it in our cars and then go into the entry and he would offer Holy Communion to people. People would walk up and receive Holy Communion in the entry and go back to their cars and finish watching the, the live stream. This was right away? Uh, pretty early on, yeah. I mean, he, I don't, there might have been a few weeks, like a month or month to two months, maybe, where Mass was we like totally shut months. down. I can't remember. We had, yeah, our diocese had two months where there were no sacraments, right? Now, 
I'm, do you guys have any nostalgia from that period of time? Like, was there anything about early 2020? Like, I'm talking, all right, so the funny thing is March 16th is my birthday. March 16th is the day lockdowns began. March 16th, 2020, lockdowns begin. It's my, like, 38th birthday. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? You know, it was so crazy. It was like, I, it was bananas to have that happen on my birthday. I'll never forget that. All the sacraments get taken away. Yeah. Going into work was like uh, the weirdest thing because I had I was considered uh you know a, an essential uh, worker an essential like my worker. husband too because he's a lineman. It's like yeah, do you want your power or not? You know exactly. So I, I work in utilities also now. So going home from work, you're talking a th- uh, as opposed to a two hour ride in traffic. I got a forty five minute ride home. So there's nostalgia for that. You know it was very nice not having anyone on the road, but there was something beautiful about every Sunday my, gathering my family. I mean we got. We took out, we built an altar and we gathered around the altar. My, my children were more into this home liturgy I created um, than they, than they ever were. Like we, we did the, we had this, this beautiful experience as a family where they weren't allowed to see their friends. Nobody was allowed to do anything. Everybody was stuck in for that first month. Even, uh, even the, the most base were a little like, oh, what the hell's going on with this thing? Like, you know, like this Chinese virus, I'm a little worried here. So it's like there was this beautiful time early 2020 where my family was so united. We turned our phones off. We played games together. We were playing Monopoly as a family together. We were doing this liturgy on Sundays. And I was blessed to have a priest like you did that was still letting me uh, hearing my confessions and would still give me the Eucharist after about six weeks, no mass, but I would still receive and be able to go to confession after about yeah. six weeks. So there is this really nostalgic early 20, you know, early pandemic where I, I actually thought it was a really beautiful time. Well, it was sanctifying. I think for all, I mean, it was a, it was just a trial where it kind of, I mean, it put things into perspective, just like how blessed we are to have access to the sacraments. You know, it was like, Yeah. I mean, I just remember weeping after that confession, like getting in my car and weeping because I could not believe what a gift. It makes me want to cry just talking about it. It was so, it was such a gift and and it was so unexpected. You know, I didn't expect that at all. But even, even having it taken away, built a longing in your heart. Now that's all I'm saying. So like, if you are in this position, where you you lose your Latin mass and now you don't want to receive communion at a Novus Ordo because you only want to take communion on the tongue and your priest is giving you a hard time. Let yourself build that hunger, that that spiritual hunger that will really, like it will be a powerful experience. I, th- I almost feel like receiving every week makes you think a little too flippant about it. Well, you treat it like your weekly vitamin. You get, you see the people go up there and, and like pop their weekly Eucharistic vitamin, vitamin and then they just like walk out of the church. You know, there's yeah. no understanding of, of I mean, who they have dwelling within them. The most important part of the mass, aside from the consecration, is this period of going back to your pew and kneeling in prayer, right? Mm-hmm. So when you see somebody go and receive and walk out, it's like, well, what are you doing? You're even better off not receiving. Like, but some I want, people, like, I want every church to have signs that say Judas left the mass early too. <laughs> it really it did. <laughs> it did. Right. I mean, he, he takes over and he goes and betrays Christ because it's, it's the most important part as, as right after you receive and you now have, you have this 15 to 20 minute period where Christ is truly dwelling in you. And what are you doing? with time? Oh, I just got to get my, I gotta, like you said, it's like a vitamin. You go pop it in and you just walk out the door because people think it's like, Oh, I fulfilled my obligation. Time to go. There, 
It is that, and I think two people, it can can be that, or it could be this sort of like new age, they think it's some sort of magical thing to sustain their spiritual life. You know what I mean? Like it has no no substantive meaning. It's about like, what can I get? You know, it's this entitlement, and then like, that's it, you know? And at the the same time, there is, you are truly receiving Christ, right? So it does have an effect on you. So yes, okay, as long as you- it's It's not magical. You know, 100%. it's not like, yeah, it's yeah. not, it, it's, yeah. But it's I will like say that. that every time I had a loss of faith, it, it was preceded by uh, uh, not going to the sacraments, right? So I, I didn't lose my faith and then stop going to the sacraments. I stopped going to the sacraments and then slowly I went through this, all of a sudden I missed six, seven weeks of mass. And now all of a sudden I'm not even, my, I lost my faith. Not that I lost it totally, but I stopped completely participating in a, in a spiritual life whatsoever. It always is preceded by this not going and participating in the sacraments yeah, period. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, we had a pretty big audience for that segment. And I do want to get into what happened in the Minnesota State House for you, Ange. So, um, take us through what the, because I saw all these videos that we were all praying for you. That, what was, what were you giving testimony for? So, there is, it's House File 1 um, in this, in our Minnesota State Legislature, and it is a bill that has been proposed, and they have the companion bill going through the Senate. Um, but the House the House File 1 was voted and passed um, officially. I was in now, the first committee it's hearing. It's number one because it's the first it's their most one the legislature. bill on the agenda. Right. Yep, so it's called the yep. PRO Act, the Protect Reproductive Options Act. Um, so euphemistically. And what this bill does is it codifies into our state constitution abortion up to the minute of birth for any reason without any restriction or regulation. Um, and this would uh, sort of um, complete what happened. So after the Dobbs decision fell, there is a Ramsey County judge. His name is Judge Gilligan. He rescinded or repealed all of almost all of the pro-life laws that we had on the book. Um, thanks, Mac. I appreciate that. Um, he rescinded all of the all the laws that we had on the books, pretty much like um, uh, informed cons- parental consent or informed consent for the woman, parental notification law. So if your minor daughter is seeking an abortion, your parents would have to be notified unless you got a judge workaround, um, which was an option. You could petition a judge to not have your parents notified. Um and uh, fetal disposal laws. Actually, I think the fetal disposal law is still on the book for now, but um, but they have another bill going through right now to also repeal that. But basically, all of the protections that were in place, which were very few, like a late-term abor- abortion had to be committed in a hospital and not in an abortion clinic, because what people don't realize is that abortion is already legal through all nine months of pregnancy in Minnesota. We have some of the best reporting laws in the entire country in terms of data, so we can see exactly what's going on. Just the last year, there were five babies born alive in late-term abortions. Yep. They're trying to also, in another bill, repeal that law so we wouldn't get the and data on that either. How many, wasn't it like three of those were allowed to die? Oh, I'm sure. Three but here's five, the thing. Here's the thing. is like, so I, I'm a board member for a sidewalk counseling organization called Pro-Life Action Ministries. And they have met women. There was one woman. She test, She eventually changed her mind. She had already started a later term abortion, like 22, 23 weeks. And so she had part partway started her abortion. Um, because it's a it's a two day process usually, 
And uh, she changed her mind on her abortion. Mm -hmm. And she had told the abortionist when she went in initially, like, what happens if I change my mind? And they said, or or not if I change my mind, what if my baby is still alive? Because for those of you who don't know how a a later term abortion works, they usually inject um, a a poison called digoxin into the heart of the baby. So they use an ultrasound. To start, yep, to stop the baby's heart. And then they insert something called laminaria into the woman's cervix to help begin the dilation process. Um, and anyway, so she had init- she had started this process and she said, what if my baby is not, or what if the fetus isn't dead, you know, after this? And the abortionist kind of sat there, didn't really say anything. And one of the nurses said, well, we would take care of it. And the abortionist admitted himself that they would they would snap the neck or snip the neck, which is illegal. It's illegal. So anyway, serial killers. The next day, that's exactly what they are. The next day, the woman arrived to her abortion appointment and her baby's heart was still beating. And so she backed out of the abortion um, despite all efforts. (laughs) And she came in and sought help. And her, her little boy is a couple is a few years old now um, saved through the ministry. So, Anyway, all of this stuff is still legal. It's it's completely barbaric. And so what they're trying to do is make sure that there can be no regulations or restrictions. I mean, abortion facilities in our state are not even licensed or inspected. A, a nail salon has more licensure and restric- like regulation to meet than, than an abortion clinic. Um, it's absolutely barbaric. And like this law, if it, if it is signed into law, which it very well maybe it passed the house already and uh, the Senate will be voting on it this Friday. So if you are in the state of Minnesota, please join us uh, Friday morning at the state Capitol at 9 a.m. to protest this bill uh, being passed. Now, has it gone through this bill? Is that it? So that the house, so here's how, I don't know if you're familiar exactly with how bills become laws. <laughs> I'm going to give you like a, a schoolhouse short little, Schoolhouse, but like a short little civics class. So a bill is introduced in the House and, and its companion bill is also introduced into the Senate. And it has to go through several committee hearings, relevant committees, before it is uh, and it has to be passed through. Now, as it goes through each the House and the Senate, these bills might receive different amendments, whatever. And then the bills have to be reconciled if they are different by the time they make it through the, all the committees. It can die in committee. And if they don't pass it all the way through each chamber, then you don't you don't have to worry about anything. The bill dies. But if it makes it all the way through, then they have to reconcile the bills. If they reconcile the bills and it gets passed, then um, in both chambers, then the governor signs it into law or does not. So, so if this fails, what's no. the state of what's the state of like what is what is the law currently in uh, Minnesota? Not much well, is different. It's it would be basically the same. It's just that we might be able be to get some of the regulations and restrictions put back into place. Okay. Like that would be the yeah, next so, step. So, so basically the Dobbs decision comes down and it's like, all, we all went, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like oh, we got rid of Roe, right? We got rid of Roe. Everybody's all up and up. And all that did was activate the left to go and codify it but into they, but their they states. Were, well, and some states were doing this before the Dobbs decision, decision fell because they were anticipating oh. this. Um, and other states, too, like people don't realize Minnesota is an abortion destination state. Most yeah. of the states around us have severely restricted abortion or gotten it yeah. or or made it illegal outright. Yeah, a lot of states had trigger laws that triggered as soon as uh, Roe got overturned, they were able to 
now enforce some of these things that they were never able to before. Exactly. And so even this uh, Planned Parenthood abortionist at the committee hearing that I testified at admitted that I think 40% of their late term, they've seen a 40% increase in late term abortion from out of state um, since the Dobbs decision fell. So late term abortions, the most absolute barbaric form of dismemberment abortions are happening at a higher rate. Um, And then at the same time, on a federal level, Biden and his administration are looking at different workarounds. They might be mandating um, VA hospitals to commit abortions. That's the next thing they're trying. Um, The FDA has allowed for um, abortion pills to be sent out in the mail, and the Biden administration is supporting that. And what people don't know is that the RU486 medication drug abortions are actually more dangerous statistically than surgical abortions and this now you can just get it in the mail they those those drugs killed women in trials if correct they did the guys the guy that was pushing this through i wish i could remember his name but he said 9-11 was the best thing that happened for him because 9-11 happened and it totally because uh, that's when the trials were happening. That's when this. the trials were happening. And so when 9-11 happened, the news was not oh, talking about like, the women oh, dying from the RU-46. Wow. They were talking about the Twin Towers and what happened. And, and this guy is evil. on record for saying it. On record but, saying that. That's so on, that is so on for exactly the abortion movement. It is an industry and it exploits women in crisis. Itch, how did you get into the pro-life movement? That's a wow. I don't think we've ever really talked about that. Um, so I'm good at questions. <laughs> <laughs> I like well, to ask questions. So I, I actually got into it in college. I, well, you know how God plants seeds in your life, right? Um, so prior to that, he sort of had, had, um, given me a heart for that. I actually distinctly remember as a very young child looking outside my bedroom window. <laughs> this is weird, but. Um, and deciding that the color green was my favorite color. And it was because it was a color to me that signified life. So that was like one of my earliest childhood memories. And then later in high school, I found out that my sister had had not one, but two abortions. And my biological dad had brought her to the clinic. For both of the, yep. And paid for both of those abortions. And so I just remember like not being able to process that really. Um, and she was in her early 20s. She already had a she had a child at 19. Um, and then in a subsequent relationship, got pregnant twice. And it was sounds like maybe it was an abusive relationship. Um, and, and yeah, your father took her to do this. My my biological your dad. Bi- yeah. Um, and I just remember <clears throat> I didn't totally understand what an abortion was, but I knew how, what, how old what were it you was. When, how old were you when you learned this? 16. So you're 16, and how did you find out? My sister told me, actually. My mom was um, visiting her in Virginia, because um, that's where my my dad's family lives. And Sarah, had my oldest sister, had moved out there to live with him right after um, right after high school. Thanks. That's really sweet. Um, and anyway, so she, she kind of, my, my biological dad, God bless him. He's just, he doesn't know how to be a father. You know, he never really was. And he sort of he probably her... thought he was being a father when he, he did this. He, well, he wants to be a friend. 
Like he doesn't mm-hmm. have the maturity to understand that like as parents, especially when we're raising young men and women or even young children, your jo- your role is not to be their friend. It is to form them, to educate them and to teach them how to live virtuously. And for him, he was very much, I think, kind of a, as a jab at my mom to try and be our friend. You know, it's so much yeah. more fun to be the, the friend than to be the parent. So anyway, he sort of let her do whatever she wanted. That was kind of his promise to her when she moved out there was, you know, I'm not going to be so controlling and you can do whatever you want. And she did. And she got herself into a lot of trouble. Um, And so at 16, I just remember being so like shocked by it because my mom was out there visiting her and for a court date because she was having custody battles with her oldest. And it came out at a dinner that this had happened, that this, these two abortions had transpired. And my mom was very angry about it. Um, And understandably so. And so my sister called me, I think, looking for validation and wanting me to affirm her. Looking for a feminist ally. Like, can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I was so, I don't even know if shocked really describes it. Where were you in your faith at this point? You know, Margo, you are so sweet. Um, so I, I like had a, a faith. I think I really, by the grace of God, um, I've always, I've never really lost my faith. There have been times where it's been hard, of course, like we all have, have our trials, but, um, I actually attribute it to, I I've told my, I told my mom when I was really young that I saw our lady in my room. And I don't know, I don't remember it. I don't know if it was Our Lady or my guardian angel or something. Um, but whatever it was, I, I really attribute the grace that I've had in my life to that, whatever that moment was. Because you know, now you know that because your mom told you that, right? My like mom you don't told actually me. remember it now. No, you... I don't. I had no idea actually until I was yeah. in my 20s. My mom told me about it. Um, and maybe, I, uh, yeah, maybe I was you really love surprised. green because it was Our Lady of Guadalupe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. So <laughs> anyway, but then in college, I sort of I ignored all of that, you know, like I totally yeah, I put your... it aside. I, I was a child still and I didn't understand it. And I just I didn't talk to her for a long time. I was so angry about it. I just remember telling her, how could you how could you kill your babies? And I hung up on her, which was like the worst thing I could have done. I, sh- I feel like I should have ministered to her or, you know heard like why that happened because i think a lot of women they do it because they're coerced i know i was a kid you were a kid and and it's and 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 i think as a kid sometimes a raw reaction is like like you you don't you you know you just it was heartbreaking you you know it's so heartbreaking and um yeah so then in college it was weird because i ended up at a university i swore i would never go to and um, I at the Newman Center, that horrible Newman Center that I was telling you about. Oh, that's I didn't, right. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. real. You know, it was right on campus, so it was easy for. I literally lived across the street from it, so it didn't. It didn't occur to me to really like take the extra steps to go and find a different church in the area because there are yeah. several. Um, in hindsight, I mean, I did go to daily mass at the cathedral um, my junior year almost every day. Um, but. There was a group of like goofy students that were part of the pro-life club on campus that they had just started and they kept asking me to come to their meetings. And I was like, oh, like, I like you guys, but like some of you are kind of weird. I don't really. And I was like a partier and doing a bunch of stupid stuff. Um, but eventually I, I, I capitulated and I went to this pro-life meeting and I remember 
kind of realizing the gravity of what abortion was and the urgency of it within this meeting and thinking like, this is the biggest group of misfits ever. And I love it. And I'm just going to keep coming <laughs> to these meetings, you know? And by the next year I was the president of the organization and um, that was kind of the beginning of it. And then when I graduated college, after doing a bunch of local activism, um, I worked for students for life of America. And then from there, um, from there, I ran a pregnancy center for two years. And then I worked for LifeSite News, kind of behind the scenes doing development work. Um, and in that meantime, when, just when was your first speaking stuff. gig? When was your first public speaking? Because like you've given speeches mm. at these these rallies, right? Like you, you've spoken. Yeah. I mean, you spoke at the at the state house the other day. Like, yeah, I, I have <laughs> such a fear of public speaking. I mean, I told the story. I bombed at my brother's wedding when I was his best man. Like, yes, like Margo. I have this yeah. fear of public speaking. It's like, well, no, no, no Margo, I, I promise you, I was about to make that joke because I <laughs> see why Angela fits in with us now. <laughs> But no, like that first time, how nervous were you given that first speech? So that's so in high school, I actually had a horrible fear of public speaking. Um, I remember in an honors communications class, I, I couldn't even get through a presentation or at least in my mind, I thought it was the worst thing ever. And I actually apologized in the middle of my presentation. It was on Pope St. John Paul II. Like, I'm freaking weird. I've been giving speeches in class about saints and popes and stuff in public school forever, I guess. Um, but I remember being determined after that, that I was going to join competitive speech because I was so afraid of making that like feeling that way. I hated that. And so for me, when I have a fear, I tend to just face it head on. That's just my personality. And so, um, so since then, I mean, I, I did like a high school musical as well. To, I'm like, if I can sing in front of people, then I'm like totally not afraid. And then I, I went to um, when I was in college, my my minor is in communication studies and I did public speaking and argumentation and rhetoric where my where my the things that I emphasized in my in my minor. And so, gosh, I mean, I've just been doing public speaking since I was a teenager pretty much but in terms of pro-life stuff gosh probably when i worked for students for life um you know i was doing a lot of training and public speaking events and stuff what was the musical it was little women i was the oldest sister meg and my twin sister was beth i still i okay so the twin sister thing i'm like i'm so i how <laughs> First of all, I think, so um, Samantha said, I'm shocked that Anthony doesn't like public speaking. So I think this doing this, like doing this podcast, actually, like I'm less nervous about the thought of it now. Like, mm -hmm. you know, just from like getting on and like, like having to perform as soon as the mic. I mean, look, those first few shows that we, that I did, it's like, I would pre-record them because I was afraid I would like have dead air. Like the, the, the fear of dead air scared the heck out of me. It was like, I was so terrified of it where now I'm like, I, I kind of embrace it and I laugh at it. And it's like, if I make a mistake, we can, we've kind of rolled the mistakes into as part of the show now where I think other shows get awkward when they have those, where we've just kind of like, if, if, when Rob doesn't respond to something I say, I'm just like, all right, good talk, Rob. Thanks for leaving me hanging. But, <laughs> so I think I'm a little less nervous about public speaking, but I, so um, your twin says she's not a, uh, an identical twin, right? No, we're fraternal. What's interesting is that I, I look almost identical to my oldest sister. We okay. look almost identical. And then my twin sister and I, I could not even convince people growing up. We were related. 
I was like, no, I'm not kidding. It's not that we're just related, but we like shared a womb together at the same time. <laughs> now, now you also, is that is now which sister passed? Um, so it'd be my second oldest sister. My yeah, we're actually okay, coming so up on my have, anniversary so the, here. So the oldest sister you've been telling us about, she she's still with us, and it, and she had a young. You had a sister between her and yep. and you. Yeah. Now, how did your uh, your older sister pass? She died in a car accident um, on a on a pretty. It was like a, a a piece of highway that is notorious in our state for deadly accidents. She was driving out to my house, and she died. She was coming to. Uh, what year was this? This was uh, 2016. It was February 2016. This was that reason. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, are you married at that point in 2016? Yeah, I had my, actually, my oldest, she was six months old, and my sister was coming out. It was President's Day. So Monday, President's Day, February 15th, she was driving out to me to watch her for the day while I went to work as, like, the first time for her to, like, come and and hang out with my daughter for the day. And uh, she just didn't show up. And my mom and I basically sort of were going back and forth, like, have you heard from her? What's going on? And then I finally called my husband was like, I don't know what's going on. Paige isn't here. I haven't heard from her. Um, But I'm going to, I'm going to like go to her apartment or something, like start looking for her. Um, I had lined up another friend. I know surprise episode. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And, and my husband, when I called him, he said, you need to call the Hennepin County Sheriff's department. There was a horrible accident that I just drove by on uh, highway 12. And so he had driven by her accident. And they had it blocked out. He just kind of he he kind of thought that might be it. Yeah, yeah, he knew. Um, How how close are you with with the sister? No, were you? uh, Now, okay, so your twin sister, obviously, you're closest with, right? Yeah, I'm close to her now. I mean, at that time, we actually barely ever talked. Like, we lived in the same town during college, and we went to the same college. We like almost never saw each other. Um, This sister and I, we had grown very close we like hated each other for many years we didn't get along very well because we're very opinionated and we we shared different she kind of went to college and went into sociology and became like a a marxist liberal pretty much and um, yeah and then she kind of had this slow reversion we started getting together once a week over lunch or dinner and we got to have these really wonderful conversations and she eventually became came back to the church and she became pro-life. She would help me on my Get work trip. I'm not kidding. She would, she had it when she died and we were cleaning out her apartment. I found a sticker that she had put on her, um, put on her stove that I had given her that said, I'm the pro-life generation. And she had actually like put pro-life signs Wait, in her so window. What, and stuff. What year, okay. So all right, I'm so interested in this. <laughs> all right, so you and your sister aren't your twin sister. You and her aren't speaking at uh, this time. Uh, no. All right. So, what years? What years are you not speaking to your twin sister? Like, give us a, a from like oh wait. Like, we weren't two. super. We just weren't super close. Gosh. Did we, you have different friend groups growing up? Yeah. So actually, my brother and I, my stepbrother and I, were like super tight. So my young, my twin sister and I were very close until about I don't know. Mm, middle of of maybe elementary school i was just such a tomboy and she was not she was very much like liked dolls and and stuff and i loved sports and so that's i gravitated to my stepbrother and we we became very good friends we had all the same we had the same group of friends pretty much for how old is your a long time 
he's the same age pretty much. He's like seven okay. or eight months older. Um, so it was like having triplets in our house. We what all was were that like the like? same was age. That, like, all right, let's stick with this. All right, so you and your sister, because I'll get into 87 different conversations. <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> Rob, this is one of, this is one the of those shows. Yeah, we're in off the rails at this point. So, all right, so you and your, because I find that so, because, all right, my closest brother's only 18 months apart, and me and him were best friends. Like, yeah. I mean, we I, we got in fights together. Like, if if he called me, I don't care if I was in the, I, I've gotten, I got phone calls from my brother in my teen years where I was, out cold sleeping and he called me at one in the morning he goes these kids want to fight let's go and i had to get out of bed at two in the morning and go down oh to the local God. wherever my brother was and we literally were getting fist fights with seven eight kids just the two of us i mean oh that, that's goodness. how close we were me and my me and my brother were really tight it's like um, the mob well i mean <laughs> there's blood and then there's you know you don't you don't you don't turn your back with your brother so all right so you guys aren't speaking now um so how how old are you while you're while you're not speaking though yeah, I mean, we we just weren't, I mean, she kind of got lost, you know, in college, I think, in a big way. And so at that time, um, she was getting into some drugs and had a drinking problem and was in a bad relationship and failing college and stuff. It was not good. And I think she just sort of hid from me and like, because she, you know, when you're the kid in your family that generally hasn't gotten into too much trouble and you, you practice your faith, I think everyone just sort of feels like you're going to judge them right away. Yeah. You know, you sort of become the mirror. And so yeah. um, without even saying anything, I, I sort of feel like she pulled away in a, in a pretty big way. Um, and I, I was too stupid to really notice because my family has always felt somewhat dysfunctional, you know? So yeah. it wasn't like, it didn't feel like this huge thing until later. So now when you lose your sister, how does she handle it? So, so you're, cause you're, you're closer with you, the sister you lost. I'm, oh my I'm gosh. Yeah. Yeah. She and I were very close. Um, yeah. Um, so like did this, did, did losing your sister bring you and your, and your twin sister oh, closer? hundred percent. Yes. Yep. She, she really cleaned up things and um and now she's getting married in the catholic church this upcoming year so and she's it's just it's yeah it, the reason i'm pointing all these things out is because it's like and you have some some of the some of the like deepest suffering stuff like I, a lot of people would shy away from digging into a, a topic like that i mean you lost a sibling that's got to be heart-wrenching yeah. right but mm -hmm. through through a pain like that you're also catching this story of your twin sister who is you know it's mm -hmm. almost like a prodigal daughter coming back oh, in, and, and now yeah. you guys have an actual relationship there and your sister comes back to the church she joins the pro-life movement i mean you just have such an interesting story it's just such a i, I mean i i always love to to get to know someone deeper to find out like I mean, where did you get the courage to do some of the things you're doing? I mean, you go on and you hang with a group of guys that were all making fun of each other on <laughs> trivia night and you, you don't bat an eye. Like it's like, no. and, and we make fun of you the same way we make fun of each other. <laughs> yeah, so you guys are savage. Women, yeah. There's so few women that can hang in that group. I mean, it's the gauntlet. Like Angela steps into the Bring gauntlet and she, and she hangs. No problem. I'm, I'm always admiring angela's uh coolness under pressure you know and oh, yeah the you. god brings good things out of suffering and, it, and it's just um so now your oldest sister uh where is she at right now yeah i mean she lives in texas and she's no i'm not drinking tonight actually um 
That's why I get a little chatty <laughs> when I drink, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, I mean, can talk to Angela for hours, just so you guys know. I mean, I can literally, I can go on. So when you told me it might be nine o'clock when this is over, that's why. No, we're gonna we're gonna long. wrap it up because my wife will yeah. kill me if I go go much longer. But I'm just I, anytime Angela comes on, I always want to ask her a hundred questions. So, but yeah. So where's your uh, your oldest sister? Uh, she's still at, away from the church at the moment, or yeah, yeah. I'm pray, you know, pray for her. Um, well, listen, the, yeah. the thing is people, the one thing, so and one of the, my favorite things about you is that you share a lot of personal things. Um, and I try to, too, like I try to be open. Like I talk about my daughter who's having a hard time with things sometimes. Like I try to share as, as much as I can to let people, I mean, there's always a line where you don't let people come in, but your openness yeah. and willingness to like tell people some really tragic things that happen in your life and you know, some of the personal things, even in your, I mean, I've heard a show where you went really personal in your marriage. It's like, it's such an admirable thing to see somebody willing to open up like that. So I'm always going to pick at you when you, not on you, like I like digging and and getting to know my friend a little deeper, you know? Oh, thanks, Timothy. That's really nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I just think like what it, I mean, there's certainly things I don't talk about. Um, yeah, there's a line. We all. Yeah, we all have those lines. And, and two. <laughs> and two, I think the longer you do this, like I think about things that I would say or or talk about publicly when I was much younger. Um, and I've you learn a lot over, you know, along the way about, you know, how you can tell a story without um and making it personal without revealing too much. Well, um, I would tell everything if it didn't damage the people in, that I'm talking because there's other people involved in a story, exactly. right? So, you, mm-hmm. so it's like I'll, I mean, I I don't care what people know about me, but you know, some things affect my wife, Absolutely. some things affect my children, and some things affect you know. So it's there's a lot of things I can't say because it's not always up to me. But if it was up to me, I mean, I'd come out and I'd tell you guys all about. Oh, forget it. I have stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, the yeah. thing. The thing I'll say is this: Angela um, revealed a very some very personal things tonight. But uh, the 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 thing is, all of us have family members who are away from the church. Every one of us. Mm-hmm. I have siblings. You have a sibling, Rob. I'm sure you have people in your life that are away from the church at the moment. It's but she also had a sister that came oh, back. Wow. I watched several of my siblings come back in the past few years. We all have to keep our, uh, especially this Lent. I really think we should all do something this Lent. Um, I'm really praying for my father to have an. I resent that, version. Kennedy. I'm just kidding. Still the best podcast there, Catholic podcast. Yeah, my, my what dad, he won't mention. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, Kennedy, go back and listen to the beginning of the show. He, he said Ma- how Kennedy Mac, just shouted fo- me out. Mac Kennedy shouted me out several times. Came in. Wait, what'd you say, Ange? Did any phone calls come in? Did that work? Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk off, one we'll phone talk call in and I broadcast the phone number yeah. for everyone to see. Sorry, Darren. Oh. We doxed Darren. <laughs> Kennedy, we gave you a little crap because you've now shouted me out like five or six times, which I'm so grateful for. But you don't ever say avoiding Babylon. You always say my name. <laughs> yeah, people can't put in Anthony Abate into YouTube and come yeah, up they with that, that And they're not going to ever find me. So Maybe but he's we'll saying talk. that his podcast is the best out there. No, he Kennedy's, uh, uh, Kennedy is honestly <laughs> one of the best friends I've met through doing this. He's so supportive. He's such a good friend, man. Awesome. Like, I, so, I, yeah, Kennedy, Kennedy watches. He's like, yep, I'm still the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, yeah. If I were him, I mean. Kennedy, if you go back and listen to the beginning of the show, I literally said, I don't care what 
anything you get involved in, I'll go, I will. Kennedy's like, he's my paisan. Like, I'll go to the mattresses for this guy. If I got to go and fight somebody in Canada, I'm going to go. Exactly. He's my paisan. Like, I'll drive oh, across yeah. the border and I got to throw somebody in Lake Ontario. It's going to happen. And so I'm anyway. dragged along. You're <laughs> <laughs> along for the ride. He's my getaway driver, Rob. So the um, what I'm going to say is let's all uh, this Lent. I, 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 I'm, I really want my father to have another reversion. I'm going to offer all my Lenten fasts for specific people in my life. And I think that's what everyone should be doing this Lent. Like, let's really aim to put all of our Lenten sacrifices to someone specific in our life. So this way here, you don't just look at it like when you slip up on your fast, it's no big deal. No, no, no. You're talking about somebody's soul you're responsible for this Lent. And yeah. we'll pick a few things maybe we'll do as a group and let's really stick to them and let's let's really see God let's put let's put God to work this Lent, you know? I think yeah. that'll be a I think that'll be a good deal. So to do that, make sure everyone joins the Telegram group because we'll probably coordinate it in there. Maybe get a list together of our of the specific um, loved ones that we're sacrificing and praying for so that we can all pray for them together. Um, so join the telegram so we can all do that together. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Brock Kennedy said he's going to give up this show for Lent. Actually, you should you watch it as a penance. For him. <laughs> you should continue to watch it as a penance. All right, guys, tomorrow night we're coming back on for Off the Rails, where you guys think this was off the rails tonight. Wait till you see what I have in store for tomorrow. I have so many subjects that are going to be Rob insane. Stoked. You gotta see Rob's subjects. Rob's got Rob's got transhumanism and uh or, or animism and did, <laughs> did you did you get the transhumanism from my podcast episode that released this week? We talk about it on no, 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 not I got transhumanism it from a, like that. Article yeah. on a guy that spent twenty thousand dollars on a wolf cop. Oh my so you can God. hang out with his friends dressed as I a wolf. I saw that. Yeah, we're, to, we're talking weird. about like uh, what are the, what do they call them? Furries or something? Rob's got Rob's got a lot of opinions <laughs> coming tomorrow. So oh no, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's a, oh what is the term? I forget. Yeah, so know. we this was honestly a, a pretty pretty good show. I had fun tonight, man. So I, I I always look forward to these during the week. And we'll set something up. I want to I want to bring you back on for not something so serious. I want to just hang with you one night. So we'll figure out a date Sounds where it good. works for you. And we'll we'll have one of the we'll we'll get Angela on for an off the rails episode coming up soon. We'll figure Ooh, that, that out. Fun. So oh they're fun. Like they're really off the rails. Tomorrow night is gonna be a blast. So um Rob, do we have anything else we gotta promote or just everybody come back tomorrow? Um let's see, tomorrow night. Um Saturday, February fourth is gonna be uh with Tim Flanders. Of the body. Uh, on the resurrection of the body. It's not going to be as early. It's going to be 9 or 10 a.m. or something like that. So instead of recording, um, we probably will just do that one live. We'll go live. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be we'll Saturday, live. February 4th, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. We'll go live with that one. So if you guys want to pop it, if it was 6 a.m., we would have you know not done it that way. But since it's going to be uh, 10 a.m., we'll go live with that one. We'll see what you guys have to say about it. We're going to go over some of the statements Pope Benedict has made that I've had Sedevacantis tell me he made heretical statements, and we're going to see what is actually acceptable to believe about what the church actually teaches about the resurrection of the body. What will our resurrected bodies be like? So we're going to go down to see what the church teaches, what the what scripture has said about all the resurrection accounts, what Benedict said, and we're going to toss these ideas around, and we're going to try and actually do a oh. good show with Tim Flanders. <laughs> Uh, trivia will be back sometime uh, in the future before February. I'll, I'll give no 
February. That's it's literally next year. week. Yeah, yeah, February. That's You'll get so an episode funny. in February, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> in February, you guys will definitely you're gonna get a February episode, I promise. So we're having fun with this, guys. Like a lot of fun with this. So um, okay, highlight. What was that? Okay, highlight my That's why I went and highlighted his comment again. I almost never regret watching you guys. Thank you, Gregory. All right, guys, we always have fun with you. Thank you guys for tuning in. You guys are awesome. We love our audience. Guys, spread the show. Please share the show. Beat the algorithm for us. The show needs to blow up. It's insane that we're still here with 300 views on a video. Come on. This is nuts. You guys He's have to help He's not salty us. about it at all. No, I'm, just a little, I'm just a little upset. It's all right. No, we're good. We're getting there. Slow build, guys. All right, Rob, take us out, bro. <laughs> United the Clans. Enoch. Let's go. Yo, yo. Uh. 